Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kamidogu Podcast. I am Christopher Janowski, and joining me once again in the virtual podcasting booth is the man, the myth, the legend, Toasty. Toasty! Now, if you're new here, welcome. Please hit follow and subscribe because we have some great things coming. If you are returning, great to have you with us again. Either way, please tell a friend as it helps so much. Good day, combatants. We are back for another splendid episode today. If you're an MK Conquest fan, boy, is this a spectacular one. Our special guest for this episode is Jeffrey Meek, who portrayed both the characters Raiden and Shao Kahn. This man's acting prowess is nothing short of sensational. Growing up, I've always looked up to this gentleman wanting to be an actor myself. So it is an honor and pleasure to be joined by Jeff today. The Thunder God, the Emperor of Outworld. However you see him, one thing is assured, he is a legendary contribution to this beloved franchise. That being said, let's continue forward with this interview. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. To begin, uh, Jeffrey, I would like to ask you, um, mm-hmm. well, I'm sure the audience is aware, you know, the the majority of this interview will consist of Mortal Kombat Conquest, but before we dive off into that, perhaps elaborate more on your experiences and time auditioning for Johnny Cage in the original Mortal Kombat movie, along with Raiden Annihilation. Wow, how do you know that? <laughs> yeah, you guys did some homework. Um, yeah, my I actually auditioned for Johnny Cage with the original movie. Yeah, in fact, I tested for it, and it was uh, you know strangely enough, it was with Cameron Diaz. Yes, she was uh, auditioning. She didn't get cast. I didn't either. But um, I yeah, and so I remember reading with her. Wow. And uh, Cameron and I had been friends for a while. I knew her. I met her one time. Her, her, uh, her boyfriend was a friend of a dear friend of mine. So he said, "Now I'm going to my girlfriend's, you know, 17th, 18th birthday. Would you okay. like to come?" And so we went, and uh, you know, I went to the house, and it was, uh, you know, a nice little party. And then uh, Cameron Diaz entered the room, and I went, "Oh my God, this is just when I saw her the first time. I just said this." This young lady's a star. I mean, she just <laughs> lit up the room. You know how she is. Oh, can't. And so, so we met. So we became friends before she even became an actor. And then when she started auditioning, and um, one of her first, I think one of her first things was that was going and trying to audition for Mortal Kombat. And so I was in on the read with her. Um, yeah. So that was interesting. And I thought, you know, I, I got along pretty well with two, I think, two or three meetings, and you know, um, and that went really well. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, how it is in Hollywood is that yep. they're just going in a different direction. Uh, the guy that did play, what was the guy's name that actually played Johnny Cage? Lyndon Ashby. Lyndon Ashby. This is kind of strange. I was auditioning for. <laughs> Um, and I knew Lyndon, you know, just in acquaintance. So just because we were reading together, we were, you know, auditioning for the same thing. Is that I was asked to do a, a soap in New York in 2007. 
It was called As the World Turns. It's no longer on the air now, but it was a very famous, you know, uh, TV show, daytime TV show. And they needed somebody to replace this particular lead on the show. And so I was asked to come in and read. And the other guy who was reading with me was Lyndon Ashby. And then I ended up, I ended up getting the part and he didn't. But we had remembered, you know, auditioning for the Johnny Cage thing, like many, many years before. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I just like, I like the franchise, you know, I, I enjoyed playing Mortal Kombat too before I even auditioned for it. So I thought it was really kind of a cool idea. Um, and obviously it's been very successful. Most that, definitely. Yeah, Lyndon yeah, Ashby, we kind of crossed, crossed paths a couple of times over our careers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I heard funny I'm... that you brought that up. Where did you hear that? I uh, do my research. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. I, um, my God. So, so yeah, I understand that uh, uh, Cameron Diaz actually, yeah, she was set to have the role, but she broke her wrist amongst training and that uh, they had to bail Oh, is that out. right? She she got cast. I didn't. Yeah, she got cast. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't but know she, she that. broke that's her great. wrist. And so uh, kind of last minute they shoved in um, uh, Bridget Wilson. So, right um that's interesting oh good yeah well, good for uh, her yeah how, she how should have your... been cast <laughs> <laughs> how about your addition as raiden for uh, annihilation how'd that, that go tell really us about crazy. that yeah well um are you talking about the mortal Kombat conquest audition for it no uh, 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 annihilation did you not audition yeah, for Raiden and I Annihilation? Don't, I don't think. No, I don't think I ever. If, if I recall, I don't remember auditioning for Annihilation. Okay. Um, I could have. I mean, I'm old. I probably didn't remember. I, I, it's very, very likely that I'd forget a lot of auditions, especially the ones I don't get. And yeah. so I, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, maybe I did. I don't know. Okay. I remember though, uh, actually auditioning for a movie with um, Christopher Lambert. Oh. And so we talked a little bit about that in the audition because it was just me and Chris and the director and we had a really nice afternoon audition. It's a very rare audition too that you actually just spend the day like for, we were there for about an hour. And I was just going back with Chris for another movie that he was doing. And I asked him, I said, you know, you're really great in the first Mortal Kombat movie. Um, he said, what, where, where does all this intensity come from? And he says, oh, it's not because I'm intense. It's because I'm blind. <laughs> he says, I can't. I, yeah, he, he gets that real look on his face because he can't see anything. And he said, yeah. hey, this is what he said to me. Yeah. And, and so uh, apparently he's, he wears very you know, intense uh, glasses. And, mm -hmm. and he was wearing it in the uh, glasses in the audition with me. And he says, no, but I'm really blind. And so when he takes his glasses off, he, the reason he's so squinty and intense is because he can't see very well. I suppose Raiden with glasses look, wouldn't look quite right, would he? No, no, no. <laughs> no. And so, uh, yeah, Annihilation, I don't remember auditioning for that. But if I did and I auditioned for Raiden, uh, I don't really remember. I do remember the intensity of auditioning for Mortal Kombat Conquest. That was like... I had like six callbacks for that. Wow. wow. And that was odd. But I don't remember that. Now, if you, yeah, where did you, did you read that somewhere that I said that? If I said that, I probably, you mentioned was, it I probably somewhere. did. You mentioned interesting. it somewhere. I don't, yeah. I don't remember whether or not that's, that's true or not. Okay. That's interesting. 
Maybe yeah, you I, thought, but I don't maybe. remember the audition itself. I do remember the Mortal Kombat Conquest series of auditions, and maybe I'm mixing those up a little bit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that maybe I'm? Yeah, because they were they weren't that far apart. In, no, in, you not know, really. in terms of time, I don't recall. So anyway, I don't know. I do remember that there was about six or seven calls for the uh, Mortal Kombat Conquest, and I was getting kind of you know weary of that because that's pretty unusual. To have you know you, uh, you call back six times for a part is, you know, I just kept trying to you know think that well this is a good thing, because they obviously are interested if they're calling you back, <laughs> and also I, there was a lot of people that were involved in in the casting for Mortal Kombat. It's a big company, you know, so it's not like a regular film per se because you're dealing with the company itself. It's not like you're dealing with one or two people. You're dealing with a you know, a, you know, a billion dollar industry oh, that yeah. you're trying to incorporate. So I think that that's one of the reasons too that I, I I had to be in front of other people other than the director and the casting people. So they kept bringing in Mortal Kombat people to check out you know and have a have a little bit of a, a say as to who they thought was right for the part. That sure. might be it. I'm I'm just speculating, but uh, yeah, it was a lot. And uh, oh. it was a very strange audition because on the sixth or seventh time that I came in, I remember that there was a big panel of people there, and including the casting director and the director. And when I auditioned for Raiden, they sort of whispered to each other, you know, and I just went, oh, that's never a good sign, really, you know. And then the casting director was Fern Champion, if I remember, yeah, and she gave me another script. And again, I thought that was the kiss of death. And she said, would you mind reading for Shao Kahn? And I went, oh, <laughs> damn, they don't want me to do Raiden. And I really yeah. was so hot on playing Raiden, right? Yeah. And so I got kind of pissed off. I got a little kind of, oh, you know, which was kind of perfect for reading for Shao Kahn. You know? <laughs> and so I they said, do you want to go outside and read the script and kind of get an idea of the character? And I said, nah. Let's just read it. If you want to make adjustments, make it. I was just being really kind of pissy about it, you know. Yeah. And sure. so I, I read it with that kind of ire in it. Okay. And I was reading <laughs> with the casting director, and yeah, I was really kind of upset that yeah. you guys maybe jumped through six auditions, and now you're really considering me for another part. And I didn't even know who Shao Kahn was at the time. Yeah. And so they gave me the the read, and I read it, and then they kind of whispered to each other afterward, and they were laughing a little bit. And I was just standing there waiting for them to make a decision. And then Fern Champion said, would you like to play both parts? And I went, what do you mean, like, I get paid for <laughs> both parts? <laughs> You're not doubling them up, right? And I said, no, 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 we're actually going to, we were considering that maybe they might be sort of twins and, yeah. And you could play both. And I went, wow, I thought wow. you guys didn't want me for Raiden. And now I'm going to, I get a chance to kick this with Shao Kahn too. That's amazing. That was like a dream come true, man. It was like an actor's dream. Yeah. I get a, and also it got me really integrated <laughs> emotionally because I'm playing like the really horrible evil guy. <laughs> And I'm playing the, the fun, loving, you know, wonderful guy. I mean, how great is that? When it's does perfect. an actor get that chance, right? And so I just jumped on it. I just thought it was just so, I, had, I thought I'd won the lottery. You mm -hmm. know? 
It's really cool. Uh, yeah. I have a question. Exactly how much improv did you inject into your None. performances? No? None. Very strict, eh? No. Okay. Very, very strict. Very strict with the, the light. In fact, most of the time, guys, <clears throat> when you're dealing with film and television, you have to kind of really pay homage to the words. You know, it's... Uh, uh, but we didn't have time. You know, mm. Mortal Kombat was... You know, we were on a tight budget, tight schedule. And when you're doing television like that, you really don't have time to just go, okay, let's just improvise. Switch it up a bit, yeah. You know, now Scorsese can do that because he's got power as a filmmaker. He gets one in the can or two or three uh, good takes in the can that's scripted. And then he'll go to the actors, hey, you know, and I do this when I'm directing. Is that okay? Now let's just do one for us, and so just go ahead and improvise. On, don't worry about the text so much. Let's let the actors go a little bit. But it's a really good question. Yeah. And so a lot of the stuff that we did with Mortal Kombat Conquest was absolutely strictly the script because we just didn't have time to have that extra take, you know. Right. So they can actually let us play. Um, you go in, you would rehearse a scene. You'd, uh, in, you know, maybe two or three times, and then you had to shoot it. It was pretty rigorous this way. Because there was so much of the story, you know, putting all those fight sequences and everything, that was really incredibly challenging to get it in, in six or seven days. I think we were shooting like seven days, and then okay. that was an episode. And, and so, well. you know, and sometimes we were on location. That was tough, you know, being out in the heat. In the summertime in Florida is a little rough, especially for Raiden wearing a wig. So, <laughs> yeah, it was great, though. I, and so you didn't do a lot of impro improvisation. Um, Interesting. It, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got a chance to play with it a little bit. And, I, you know, we play with dialogue a little bit sometimes in rehearsal, but you usually take that to the writer when you have a problem. Like, for example, right. I never changed a line unless I thought that what I was changing it to was a little bit, you know, a step above of what the writer had done. And the writers were good, you know. And so I didn't really try to mess with dialogue at all. I tried to honor what was given to me as much as possible. Now, with, yeah. with Shao Kahn, I did, there was some rewriting that was happening later on in the episodes um for me that I, I they gave me a little bit more more leeway with this is that if i thought there was something that i thought i wanted to express with shao khan because he was kind of a character with he didn't say a lot you know when he said yeah. something that was really pretty um straightforward but they allowed me after a while they started you know when you're doing a television series too what's really nice is they 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 get to know you a little bit better and so they start writing toward your personality or that character's personality a little bit because they've seen your your approach to it you know and so it's a real simpatico kind of relationship with a writer and an actor in this kind of scenario when you're doing episode after episode after episode and the same writers are seeing your work and after a while this is why i think that television series after they have two or three seasons they get really good because they start to relax into each other. And so the writer and the director now are on a team. And uh, the writer and the actor and the director are on these teams that they, they get, you know, you get lubricated a little bit. You know what I mean? Sure. And the machinery works better. Yeah. 
And so that's why the first season of anything, I mean, if you look at Friends, you know, that the series Friends <laughs> is that the, fir the first season is a little clunky. You know, <laughs> yeah. they're trying to find their, their place Seinfeld, in it, you know. Same thing. Seinfeld's a good example, too. I, I mean, yeah. you take any real great show, it's very rare that the first season is the best season. Mm -hmm. Is one of the reasons why I thought that Mortal, Mortal Kombat Conquest would have been really fantastic in the second or third season when we got our rhythm. We, we were really now getting our rhythm to it, you know. And know. so, uh, and, and I just loved working on that show too. And it was sad that it uh, didn't get picked up for the second season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, questions about the improv stuff or what brings uh, it on? Do you think that it felt improvisational? Um, I think it's just kind of tradition. We always ask that, like when we had a Donnie Moropus on, he said he, there was a little few things that he kind of added his own spin on, but not so much. He had a hard time right. sort of remembering it because, uh, yeah. Uh, when, when we talked to Bruce, he said it was very, very strict like you. So yeah. 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 Good old Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Good old Donnie too. He was fun. <laughs> Yeah, really fun. Good actor. Good, good actor. Um, so from what I understand, you were actually somewhat involved in the creative process for Shao Kahn's mask. Is that correct? Correct. Like, you know, that. yeah. So yeah. Um, did you happen to um, have any other input with regards to his attire or, or Raiden at all? Or was that pretty? Well, yeah, I, I wanted to have the shape of the character be a little different. You know, I think that I wanted Shao Kahn to be more on steroids and... <laughs> You know, and, and Raiden was just kind of a, a dude that likes to party and, you know, so I, I With yeah, the and, and also, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I, I did, I'd look at costume and I go, you know what, I, I think Shao Kahn's a monster. And so can we make him a little bit more padded and mm -hmm. just robust? And also I wanted to, you know, um, with, in fact, with the mask, it, um, we went through a couple of incarnations with it, but they wanted me to put a skull cap on, you know, so I could keep, and I just said, oh. no, I don't want to do that because it, it's so hot in Florida. I said, the, the skull cap will melt and, and I'll sweat. And I'm a sweaty actor anyway, you know. <laughs> I get worked up, I get all, yeah. And so I get all, you know, and, and so in Shao Kahn was no different. And, and so I said, well, I'll tell you what, if I, I'll shave my head under one condition. It's because that's easier to make the wig look better for, you know, Raiden too. If you have bald head, you know, you can stick it on. And so I said, I'll shave my head, but under one condition is that every time that I want to get my head shaved, you got to do it. And so even if I'm not working that day, I'm going to come in, you're going to shave my head. Now, that worked out great. And I actually like being shaved because you just, you don't have to deal with anything, right? It's nice. And so no skull cap on, on Shao Kahn. And then Raiden's wig was so much more comfortable and easier to deal with. And, and so, so the, the hairstylist agreed that, you know, she was totally cool with whenever I came in and she would shave my head. <laughs> so even on my day off sometimes i just go and check and see what everybody's doing i love being on the set and hanging out with everybody oh but, yeah, uh, I yeah I would, I would, great cast. that was the deal yeah right so fun 
So fun. <clears throat> Bruce shared with us uh, during the episode The Master when Shang Tsung was about to turn to the dark side uh, and Shao Kahn introduced him to the soul still ability that you were actually intensely ill during the scene and the crew were trying to persuade you into getting uh, a double to fill in for you in your scenes. Yet you were insistent on continuing the scene. Uh, was this possibly the most challenging moment during your time on the show? Um, and uh, what were some other I don't remember moments? that. No? Yeah, I don't remember that. No, but I do yeah. have a, you know something that I'm, I, I guess, sort of somewhat proud of is that no matter how ill I was, I never missed a day of work. I never missed a day of work huh? in any series that I there was There you in. go. <laughs> when I was doing Rave, Raven in Hawaii, I was so, I was like at 103 temperature and I was out there trying to do, you know, all the action. Wow. I was delirious, but I stayed in there and hung in there. But I don't know, uh, I don't remember whether or not I was ill. Probably, he's probably right. You know, because Bruce's mind is pretty sharp. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I just didn't want to... I didn't want to let him down either, you know. Uh, Bruce is a dear friend of mine. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for Bruce. And, I, you know, we played golf and had a good time. We were there. We, we'd sit on the golf course and just look at each other and laugh because how great is this? Yeah. We get to have do what we want to do. We're working in a great company. Great parts, a lot of fun to do, and we get to stay in Florida and hit the golf ball. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. oh. So we thought we'd, you know, really hit the jackpot with it. It was really very fun. And I, it, I that's how we became really good friends. We're still friends, you know. So. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Is there any particular episodes or moments that you can recall um, uh, were very uh, difficult for you? Do you have any extra challenging times yeah the most difficult thing for me and i think this is kind of um everybody at one point had a little bit of an issue with it is that the on the studios uh the set of the studio it was also part of the um it was, it was part of the uh oh the tour it, of the tour and so <laughs> When they would walk in, there was a catwalk around the top of the studio. And so when Shao Kahn was in his throne, the light, be the backlight would light the entire row of everybody up there. So every time I was playing Shao Kahn in that throne, which is every time, huh. is that if people were walking and carrying, it was incredibly distracting. Oh. Yeah, so it's. At one point, I said, you know, we tried to make a deal with the, uh, with, I guess it was Disney, the MGM Disney thing, <clears throat> and said, look, it, it's, it's fine that you have, but that we didn't, and also some of the actors got a little bit, not me, but some of the actors got a little bit uh, militant about it, is that we didn't get, okay. we weren't told that this was going to happen, that we were a part of the exhibit, you know, yeah. and we weren't mm -hmm. paid for it. And so we didn't even get tickets to Disney. You know, no, I mean, Disney was, they're, they're notoriously kind of cheap anyway, but the, um, <laughs> I've heard seriously, that. they are. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. they are. It's, it's just yeah. a fact. I mean, I'm yeah. not, you know, blowing the lid off of Disney. And so they, they, uh, they didn't give us any leeway. They didn't tell us. It wasn't part of our contract. 
And that's a big deal when you've got a bunch of people, you know, 400 people walking by and, and it's distracting as hell, especially Definitely. when they're lit. And so it'd be different if they were darkened out and there was a sound. The glass that they had was pretty sound, but you could hear them, you yeah. know. And and so that was distracting. That was the most challenging thing for me wow. is that I got a camera on me and I got all this work to do as Shao Kahn. And I have a live audience that's not very attentive in terms of a live audience. You're, you're seeing strollers and you're seeing people picking their nose and, you know, it's really... <laughs> very distracting <laughs> and so it's it, it's it's like you're out on the street and people are just walking around and staring at you it was really that was hard to get used to so what yeah. we did is we made a deal with them is that when you come in you can't talk to everybody behind the glass you've got to sit still when we're rolling camera and so you either did not let people through at the time we're rolling but you could let them through. And I was really attentive to it. I would even wave to everybody. And as it, when I was off camera and I would, they were coming by and they were, they, they loved it, you know, as part of, and yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a team player. I didn't feel like that was a problem, but it's a very unusual situation for a film Absolutely. set. So that was, I think the most challenging thing for me was just <laughs> dealing with that. So that's not a lot. I mean, um, <laughs> The other thing, too, is the most challenging thing for me, I think, is that I was very sad to play Shao Kahn. I'd walk on the set with Raiden. Everybody loved Raiden. Everybody wanted to talk to Raiden. Everybody wanted to party with Raiden. He was the life of the party. As soon as, I, in the same day, I would go and change my costume, change my makeup, come out of Shao Kahn, and everybody would avoid me. They wouldn't get within <laughs> 20 feet of me. And so they just scared the hell out of them for some, and I'd sit there in my chair like nobody likes it. nobody likes Shao Kahn. Well, so that was weird. Your Shao Kahn was so intense and so scary. Oh, even I loved as a kiddie, playing it. I used to sit back from the TV whenever you'd come on screen. So yeah, well, that's awesome. That's well, that was the intent. You know, I just I just wanted that guy just to be so freaking tough and dark and yeah. you know and challenging and so i had to work on my voice i dropped my voice like an octave that took me like so if i was playing shao Kahn and raiden in the same day it took me like 40 minutes to get my voice changed wow so wow. i you know because raiden is just in my regular speaking voice yeah but shao Kahn is he's in this other place and so that yeah. was you know a little challenging just vocally getting myself there you know so mm -hmm. that was really the only thing that was difficult about the the two differences um and i and again it's just i felt so lonely on the set <laughs> <laughs> jeff yeah i don't want to ask too much but do you think you could say uh, a certain line from shell Khan? uh soon everyone will feel my power soon everyone will feel my power Oh my Something god, like that's that. amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> amazing. Finish him. It was fun. I mean, I have to, again, I'd have to warm up for at least a couple, a half hour or so in order to get it to write the, the pitch. Octave. It's yeah. hard to get my, my, I had to loosen up my vocal cords to get it in this place. You know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I loved, loved playing Shao Kahn. It was so cool. 
I love so- you know one of the most fun was fighting myself in the <laughs> last episode was really a trip, <laughs> and I you know that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, very good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I have great. And again, I've, you can see I'm, I have great fond memories of of, yeah. of of that show. I really do. I was really a gas. Actually, I was asked by um, uh, the guy that had produced it. I can't remember his name right now. Larry Kasanoff. Larry Kasanoff. Um, we we got together afterward. He was going to put the you know next Mortal Kombat film together, and I was to play Raiden and Shao Kahn. Oh, and that, and Shao Kahn. That never and Shao Kahn, and that never really quite materialized uh, at the time. And then I was doing something else, and then it came up again. And I just I, I I think you know now I'm too old to play it. But the he was uh, really. Because we we had lunch and a couple of times talking about, you know, when that film was going to happen and that I was actually, you asked me if I wanted to do it. So I said, sure. Never happened, but. Wow. You know, Jeff, you might say you're still old, you're too old and all this, but I can tell you right now, I'm very active on the Twitter community and literally everyone wants you to come back as Shell Khan. It's a fact. Wow. They think That's you. Fantastic. They think you are the only person who has done justice to the character within like the thirty years that he's been on the screen. So wow, that's yeah. exciting to hear. Thanks. That really makes me yeah. feel good. I took a great <laughs> deal of pride in Shao Kahn. I really did, and I enjoyed playing him. I really, really enjoyed playing. It's not often that you get to play the Prince of Darkness. You know what helped me with this is that I played Dracula a couple of times. Ah. You know, I played, you know, and I was also in a Shakespeare company, and I think there's something quite grand about Shao Kahn. Oh, definitely. You know, he's larger than life. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a mythic figure, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and Raiden's not. He's more down to earth than just a regular guy that you'd want to have a beer with, right? <laughs> and, and he, he's a jokester and a trickster. Shao Kahn is not that guy, you know? Why he's, do you always have to be so sarcastic? Because... I can. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. When I can. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, Raiden was a joy. Raiden was, uh, yeah, a real joy to play. Kind of. And sometimes we talk about, you know, the jokes. I mean, if you go back to any kind of imp- improvisational thing, we just, uh, if I had any joke that I wanted to tell, they, usually they were pretty good about it. You know, oh, if they wow. wanted okay. me to change a little bit of a quip, you know, they were all oh. right with that. But I would always approve or get approval from the writer. I think it's just decorum yeah. that, you know, unless you're, you know, doing a, a, a comedy with, uh, with, um, oh, if you're doing uh, something that um, uh, is a, improvisational comedy where you're just coming up with one-liners all the time like um in anchorman did you guys ever see anchorman of course (laughs) yeah and so yeah the outtakes of that are hilarious because you know will keeps coming up with these different outtakes that are just stunningly funny (laughs) and so (laughs) that's a different animal we didn't get a chance (laughs) to do much of that so i would just try to uh, you know have the the writers approve whatever it is i would had to say if i if i wanted to tweak the joke a little bit they would let me do that but yeah 
Yeah, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we've heard a lot of uh, stories about how fun and how um, crazy it was on set. Um, do you have any specific examples or funny stories you could share with us? Hmm. Let's see. You know, it was really, I thought, something that I was fighting for on the show. I don't know if it's funny. Um, but because they were trying to expedite the show as much as they could, they had two different crews that were doing the fight sequences. Yeah. So you had your stunt coordinator, and then they had the, the stunt guys. And they would work out the fights. And I had... You know, as Raiden, I didn't get a chance to do as much fighting as I wanted to. Unfortunately. And so I had a little bit of a beef about that. I mean, I, I'm a real martial artist. You know, I'd like to be able to show off my stuff. And I think the other actors felt that way, too. And Daniel was an excellent martial artist. Yes. Um, and really powerful. Great kicker. Very Jean-Claude Van Damme-ish, in a way. Daniel you know, Bernard. Great. great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Daniel was marvelous at this. And, uh, but, and I was a martial artist, you know, now some of the other actors were not, and they had to double them a little bit more, but I was kind of upset that Raiden didn't get a chance to kick ass a little bit. Mm -hmm. And also quite frankly, Shao Kahn, I yep. mean, when the only time that we really fought and I kind of, I kind of fought for this. I went, what's the payoff here? Here's the two most powerful guys in the whole realm. And you don't have them actually duking it out, or you don't have anything going on with them. Like, come on, guys, I'm here. I'm a. You have my services, and and you can see that it's me, that uh, that's doing the fight. It's not my stunt double, you know. And so why not have more of that for for and and so I, I kind of lobbied a little bit for it, but a lot of the younger actors were doing you know most of it. Um, but one of one of the things that I really think was. Um, I, you know what it was great about the, the show too is the the women oh wow you know we don't talk about a parade of beautiful women I mean yep. that was the, another reason why being on the set was so great is that there was this <laughs> incredible beauty every guest star on that show was just a 10 oh, right easy 10 <laughs> easy 10 and so what we would do as the nice guys that we are <laughs> is that we would actually invite them out to do. It was traditional for the entire company. You know, uh, Daniel, Christina, uh, Bruce, me, um, and the guest stars, we would take them out to dinner, a steak dinner. Paolo was and the social director right here. Huh? I hear Paolo was the social director, apparently. Very much so. Paolo was really quite... <laughs> what a marvelous guy, Paolo Montalban. Oh, my God. Just the sweetest, most life-of-the-party guy. <laughs> and so we would all get together. We just loved each other's company. It was just, it was just as people. And so we would invite all of the guest stars to go out and, you know, we'd socialize together. During the week nice. and in between, stuff so we'd get, and what the nice thing about being on at that set it was at Disney, and so you can get onto the the lot and you could go to all the great restaurants and you know some really great restaurants in Orlando and, and in the surrounding area. So we'd go to all these, we'd find these great spots and we just sort of take over, 
You know, we'd have like 15, 20 people come in every night and we'd have, you know, a steak dinner and, and it was, it was just awesome. And so getting to know some of our, our uh, guest stars was, uh, was so much fun. It was really a, a good party atmosphere and everybody was having a good time. There was no uh, disgruntlement. Cause I, so I would yeah. say, you know, the whole thing was like that. I play golf with my my other people on the on the show. We'd go to the movies together. We would have dinner together. It was just really a very family uh, oriented situation, and wow. everybody was there. Nobody was from there, you know. So everybody was imported, and so everybody had to have their own, uh, you know, apartment and stuff. So a lot of the actors, you know, were in the same apartment building. They they didn't like, like you know. I lived on Celebration. Do you guys know where a Celebration is? Uh, if you go to sort of yeah yeah okay celebration is a planned community it's just, it looks like the truman show yeah yeah okay it's <laughs> it's really that suburban hell yeah you know it's it's everything's perfect and you have to make sure your lawn's perfect and in fact they would send letters to people if you had your windows open and your in your living room is dirty they would give you a note that reminds I mean, it was me really of like an episode of x files oh my god oh yeah it's it, totally <laughs> <laughs> and so I loved it because it was so weird. And so I had to live in celebration. And of course, I was shaved, and I would wear sunglasses, and I'd have my 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 sticks or my golf clubs on my back, and I'd wear shorts and little. Sand. I was just a freak, and I would just <laughs> ride around in this place. I looked like Uncle Fester going to play golf. <laughs> and everybody in the cast was afraid of this place, and I loved it. Had a great golf course, great restaurants, great everything. You know, they even had snow fake snow in the winter time and and uh I, I so i loved living in celebration nobody else did so they lived in town they lived in Kissimmee and 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 this apartment complex and i went why do i want to why do i want to live there when i can live in celebration and be a freak and i loved it <laughs> yeah i loved it <laughs> and so every time that they would come visit me we would go out to disney and, and, my, and my job was right across the bridge i would just you know, get in the car and i'd five minutes i was at work it was wow. it was genius it was they had a great mm -hmm. gym there i don't know if you've ever if you've not been to celebration it's really cool if you <laughs> like that kind of environment <laughs> but it's uh, yeah it was yeah it was kind of uh it, i was a bit of a freak show there but it was yeah it was cool i loved it but they again we we would get together every night it was not like just once in a while it was like all the time because oh, we didn't nice. really have family there. It was just we created a family. Everybody, it was like we were all in location there. Yeah. Because there was nobody from Florida. Everybody, you know, people were from New York, L.A. We all got this job and we flew to Orlando to make this thing happen. And so it was, we relied on each other for, you know, socializing. Yeah. It was yeah. really very cool. Yeah, it was a nice environment. Uh, so fun, Jeff. weird, weird things. I don't know. I, I guess uh, some of the special effects. That was kind of cool. You know what? It was really fun too. Is going out with the stunt guys. We would go. You know, there's yeah. a there's in, in Disney World. There's an adult sort of part of the theme park, which is a bunch of bars basically, and then they have fireworks at night. It's cool. Yeah. So you can just bar hop and never get in a car. And so I would go to the stunt guys because they would just take over the dance floor. And these oh, guys yeah. were just amazing <laughs> athletes, right? 
And so yeah. you always felt safe because I was around some of the baddest dudes in the world, right? And so we just hang out and I felt like I had a team of about 30 bodyguards. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I mean, did Kaz you manage Massa, to did you manage to uh, keep anything from the set? Yeah, I did. I have the mask. Really? I don't know where it really? is. I think it's in my other office. Yeah, I have the mask. Oh, okay. wow. Well, I, well, wow. I, oh, he made me a duplicate. You know, he, they did an imprint on my face. You know, that when they're building the mask, they had to shape it so it fit my head. Yeah. And so they did that whole prosthetic thing, where they, which is really disconcerting to do that. But... And they yeah. put the straws in your nose, and so you sit there for a while. It used to be in the old days, they'd wrap you like a mummy, and you were in there for like an hour, which was incredibly challenging for me because I get a little claustrophobic. Yeah. But now they have the different kinds of prosthetic stuff that only takes like, you know, 10 minutes or so. But it's still the same thing. I mean, you're, you're, you can't hear, you can't see, and you can only breathe through your nostrils. It's, a, it's trippy. And so yeah. the, he built that, and then he put the mask on the top of that, and then he gave it to me as a gift when we, Incredible. When we, uh, when we left. Were there so I have that. any... I have um, a, go see, ahead, go ahead. What else do I have from that? I don't think I have anything else from, from the show. Um, you know what, though? Is that the, when, we, when we left, we thought we were coming back. And so I left my bike with the line producer and I left some other, you know, stuff that in my apartment and everything, I never oh, saw yeah. it again. Oh, somebody <laughs> ripped me off, man. Oh man. So my, I had this really great beach bike and I never, I never saw it again. Never heard from the guy. So whoever that is, he knows what, you know, if he's listening right now, you know who I'm talking what a character. Uh, Jeff, were there by any chance any scenes that were originally written or even shot, for that matter, that didn't make the final cut that, that you can recall? I don't recall? think so. I don't think so. I think maybe no, some I... fight stuff might have not gotten in there. Okay. Yeah, my point being about the fight stuff being in two different places is that when I was doing my show in Hawaii, which was Raven in Hawaii, I would actually have the guys work out a particular fight sequence, and then I would come in and I'd put in my, you know, two bits, and then I'd shape it in a way that was appropriate to the situation in the scene. Because fight scenes are scenes, you know, and I've had trouble with the conceptual idea that you hit, you have all these scenes that are going on and then you would have a totally separate fight. And I think that that's a mistake because then it just comes up, it, it doesn't have the dynamic of the scene of the character that's actually in the fight. And so I argued quite a bit and, and I wasn't in a lot of fights in Mortal Kombat, but when I was or any kind of activity, I would think that there were certain kinds of styles that should have been befitting certain characters sure, more. Sure. And yeah. so when Raiden was fighting, it was very minimal, you know, because he was such a badass is that he didn't have to do a lot of callous, you know, real freakish shit. You know, it's, it had to be yeah. something kind of subtle and dynamic and minimalistic because it was just Raiden. And also mm -hmm. I like it when in a fight, you know, when you're checking in to see whether or not anybody's hurt or winning or, you know, the dynamic of actually playing the scene as if it's a chess match is much more interesting than just some calisthenics. 
you know, and, yeah. and showing off as a martial artist is one thing. But if it's not in the context of a good scene or storytelling, I think it's a mistake. And so that was something that I thought needed to blend a little bit more is that you had the A camera and the B camera, which was the fight sequence, having a little bit more communication as to um, that, the scene work of the fight. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's easy to get Definitely. you know caught up in you know because in, in for example, if my character was encountering just a jerk, just somebody that didn't have a lot of skills, but he was a bully. Well, I'm not going to have an elaborate fight with this guy. I'm going to tweak him out in a couple of moves, right? It's just I, he's a, a fly, flick him away. So you have to know how to build the scene with the fight. And is it appropriate to the particular context of the scene? And so I thought sometimes the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. And so the, the A camera has to be in communication all the time with the B camera so that you're getting a good, a good fit of storytelling with the fight sequences. Anyway, um, and it happens all the time, is it? You know, they're trying to expedite it, you know, and try to get it you know, as fast as possible. Yeah. yeah. So of the uh, two characters that you portrayed, uh, who was your favorite to portray? And how has Mortal Kombat affected you till this day? Huh. I, you know, I teach a lot. And so to answer the last part of the question is I teach a lot. And, you know, it's. I haven't been in the, you know, the zeitgeist for a long time and uh, my students will look me up and then they get a little freakish, but they don't get freakish about any, the majority of my, my career, they get freaked out that I was Raiden or Shao Kahn, you know, and so the impact of that has been absolutely incredible because Mortal Kombat is just as popular now as it was, you know. 20 years ago and so there's so much <laughs> I get so much great feedback from <laughs> anybody that is you know everybody plays the video game and so it's it's huge to have that relationship at all with it is that they, I get so much credibility and, and kudos from my students but it's not that I played, you know, Stanley Kowalski, you know, from Streetcar, or I, I was Biff in Death of a Salesman, some of the great American literature. It says that I played Raiden in Shao Kahn. And that's cool. That's really cool. It never gets Absolutely. old. Right? No. <laughs> and then, yeah, it never gets old. And, uh, and so there's that. What was the first part of the question, Christopher? Uh, out of the two characters that you portrayed, who was your favorite? Did you have one or did you like them for different reasons? Well, I, I like them for different reasons. Like I, I reiterated before, <clears throat> Raiden was great because he was always around people and he was the life of the party. And But I had more fun actually creating Shao Kahn is because he was just so troubled. There's, you know, he just had so much going on. And also just... To, you know, the danger of that. But again, I was lonely. <laughs> yeah, a lot lonely of, a lot of uh, actors have Khan. seemed to I, In to fact, always, that was um, one of the reasons that. why he was so upset. He was so upset because <laughs> nobody liked him. <laughs> I, I was really interested the in them exploring yeah. the, the brother 
situation is that even in the fight sequence yeah. that we had at the end of the the movie when he was sort of tearing him down and and uh on the steps letting him know that they're all dead you know all your friends yeah. are dead it was a hell of a way to leave the show that the bad guy wins exactly <laughs> Yeah, so I I really enjoyed uh, both characters, but I would have to say uh, more of Raiden because I was around other people. I'm a social guy, and so yeah. he always was hanging hanging out with really beautiful women, <laughs> and he was always <laughs> having a beer. And he was the life of the party. Yeah, so it was more. I would say it was more fun to play Raiden, but I think that I I, I had in you know, a, a, a great time exploring Shao Kahn, interestingly enough. Yeah. yeah. Looks like we've lost Toasty. I'm trying to think if I have anything else from the show. I don't think I do. I think we were all thinking we were coming back. Yeah, that seems to be Anybody the talk consensus. about why we didn't come back? <clears throat> Do you know why we didn't come back? I don't think so, no. Yeah, um, here's what I heard. Is that um, the ratings were good. Everybody loved the show. We all thought we were coming back. And what had happened is that the production had neglected somehow to include in the budget the residuals for the actors. Okay. And so that came out to at least two or three million dollars. And so nobody wanted to pick up the tab of that, including you know TNT and and Mortal Kombat. Mm -hmm. Actually, they were bickering as to who was responsible for that faux pas financially. And so that was the reason that the show didn't get picked up. Wow. Was because nobody wanted to write a two or three million dollar check. Yeah. And that's what I heard because I, I know the ratings were terrific. Yeah. You know, the show was really well. And to, to this day, I mean, it's the show is uh, so well received and I thought the production values were good on it and we were having fun and we we're getting better. So I was really shocked um, of all the series that I've ever done. I was more shocked that that show didn't get picked up. For the second season, yeah, I think everyone and I couldn't figure it out until I finally yeah. started talking around. Yeah, I started talking around uh, to people that were really in, you know, the negotiation of the show, and that's what I heard. Mm. Is that that's the reason that it happened? Is somebody kind of made a financial boo boo, yeah. and nobody wanted boo -boo. to take responsibility <laughs> for that. A slight one, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Okay, so, um. You've mentioned before, Jeffrey, in regards to the Raiden and Shao Kahn fight, that there were some instances that were cut out, such as some extra wire work, and there were actually mm -hmm. certain weapons that were brought out. I know it's going back a while, but do you remember any particular key moments that you were a little disappointed didn't show up in the final product? Yeah, there was, you know, again, some of the wire work. We spent a lot of time, you know, flying everybody around and including Shao Kahn. But I, th I think it, when I look back at it, because Shao Kahn was so kind of deformed, it looked a little weird flying around. But uh, okay. Raiden looked cool. You know, Raiden had that flowing yeah. sort of thing too. Um, but 
Yeah, there was that. I think there was a couple of weapons that were in there that didn't get a chance to make the final cut. Um, Can you recall which ones? I can't. I think it might have been... Yeah, I'm trying to look back. It was either, uh, you know, a staff or an axe or something. I can't remember exactly. Okay. Um, but we spent almost two days shooting that whole fight sequence. That was, a, mm. you know, we were in a, a black space. It was a pretty big part of the studio. Um, it was actually an empty studio that wasn't attached to the, the main studio. <clears throat> And, um, you know, and it was, it was, um, you know, the scenes long too in it, there was stuff that I wanted to write. In fact, I actually had some input on the writing of that. And I said to the, to the, uh, writer and executive producer, I said, would it be all right if I choreographed the, the fight sequence with, mm-hmm. you know, our stunt coordinator? And they said, yeah. And so uh, we sat down and we talked about it quite extensively about a couple of weeks before we did it. And I said, I want to have the scene within the scene kind of idea that we talked about earlier. And so Shao Kahn and Raiden kind of confer or experience each other throughout the whole fight as to whether or not who's winning and who's losing. And then what happens at the end gets revealed that, you know, you're no longer in the earth realm. You're in, you're in my territory which I didn't quite mm-hmm. understand thematically. But um, I thought it worked. And <clears throat> it was fun to, uh, you know, f- for me, I've never, I'd never worked in a, in a situation where I was actually fighting myself before. So that was incredibly <laughs> challenging and exciting. <clears throat> yeah. And I thought the stunt, co- the stunt coordinator, I can't, uh, forgive me for not remembering his name, because he was so good. Um, do you guys have any idea who it was? Can you, you know? Do you have any reference to that? Sadly, I don't off the top of my head. No, it's too bad too. Because he he should be mentioned here, and I'm, I feel bad not remembering his name. But he was he was terrific in working with, and and he would take you know he'd play me when I was you know we're shooting my side of it, and so uh, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I love the writing of that, how that all kind of came down. Um, I would have liked to have seen even more of a, an environment of that rather than just being a, in a black space, which I thought was cool. But it could have traveled oh, yeah. into different, it could have traveled into different kind of uh, lighting or energetic places. We talked about that too, that it was sure. actually changing. We were knocking each other into different realms. And that, really? I, I thought that would, yeah, that's that's what I thought would have been kind of cool to to keep the kind of realm oh. idea working, so that it actually kind of made more sense that that the blows yeah. were they're they're almost godlike in a way these two characters yeah. they're they're gods and so they don't yep. they, so when they hit each other it's you're actually sending somebody in a different cosmic space. And so oh, I that thought that, that was wicked. kind of a nice idea, <laughs> and it would change, you know, yeah, and change the environment so that the environment mm-hmm. itself would be, you know, you get hit so hard by something, you know, that there's this lightning and thunder and everything that actually collapses that particular space into sending you to another place. And I thought that would have been a kind of a cool thing to do. I think we just kind of ran out of money and ideas about how we we're going to oh, do yeah. that. But 
<coughs> but we were in a black space instead of a green screen space. Now, a green screen, we could have done this much more effectively. And so I was a little True. disappointed that that didn't happen, that we could have been in these different world so that when i do get yeah. catapulted into a realm where raiden no longer has these kinds of powers that the environment had shifted throughout the entire fight that was something yeah. that we we didn't wow. get a chance to do but i thought that that would have been kind so, of really dynamic and cool like the whole lighting well, would change you know so yeah. if i hit him yeah. with something and the lightning came out of my hands and stuff that the the environment would be affected by that so that I thought that that would have been kind of cinematically cool, but you know that didn't happen. So, but it still it came out fine. I mean, it was it is oh, what it is. It came out it's, great. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, you know, and and also I thought that um, uh, again the, the stunt coordinator really was an excellent martial artist, and so he made me look yeah. good in a lot. Of, he was taking shots Brilliant. that I I didn't uh, you know I was like I don't like taking shots because they hurt. You know, when you're in a, in a fight sequence and it's, you know, when you snap your head 30 times in a fight sequence, you're going to be in traction. You know, it's, yeah. you know, that's why these guys get paid a lot of money is that, you know, that's why they call them fall guys is because they're hitting the ground. Yeah. You know, they're really, now the, the floor was padded a little bit too, which was great. Yeah. So they had they had built kind of a padded floor for that whole fight sequence. So when I was doing kips and stuff and coming up and hitting my back and coming back up, there was a couple of places where I was hitting the ground, which is pretty rare in a fight sequence with an actor, is that the reason that they're called fall guys is that you're not hitting the ground. That's where you really get hurt. And yeah. so uh, he was doing a lot of it, but I was doing a lot of it too. And so because okay. it was padded, it didn't seem to be such a big deal. It was like being in a gym or a dojo. Yeah. You know, so cool. I'm aware of Vengeance in general really is, is one of your favorite episodes. But um, besides this, what are some of your most beloved scenes that you had shot on that show that you can recall? Some other memorable I like scenes? The, you you know, I, I love the pilot too because there was some really kind of you know dramatic stuff that I think that the show – the show kind of got, there was a silliness about Raiden that I liked it when he was also really serious. And so when things got yes. serious, how serious was Raiden? And so there was, there was that first opening stuff with the, you know, yeah. meeting uh, Paolo and I and all of that, you know, sort of mystical stuff. I, yeah. I, I love that. And I thought that that was, really was shot so beautifully, and there was a kind of quality about the filmmaking that was really, really dynamic. And it, it kind of got thinned out a little bit because we were just, you, you know, you're shooting so furiously, you don't get a chance to have as many creative setups as a filmmaker when you're doing the television show. And so I, mm -hmm. I, I thought that that was something that I really loved in the pilot. Um, I also loved when we went um uh on locations you know some of the local stuff that, i like the forest stuff too you know there was a really oh, yeah. great sort of forest episodes that we had that i, I would have liked to have m some more of that also the set was fantastic that whole city that they built in that was so fun to go to work because i you know, they, they had done stuff. such beautiful art direction in that show the art direction was fantastic, oh, right? Definitely. And so I, I loved the whole 
Disney feel of that. Um, let's see, any particular episodes? And um, I think I like the one... I liked it when Raiden was kind of, um, again, when he, 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 he kind of get, he would get pissed off and he'd actually, you know, do something. <laughs> you know, otherwise it was just me coming in and going, hey guys, you know, get your shit together. And, you know. uh, one, one of my favorite episodes with you, Jeffrey, as Raiden is easily uh, Quan Chi. Uh, that one because uh, you're trying to snap the three combatants back in back into reality because they have this kind of dark persona to them now and you were very serious in that episode trying to get them to snap back and then you also have uh, a brilliant uh, scene and set of dialogue at the end there when you're talking to Kung Lao in the tempo because he almost kills uh, a monk right in front of you, but you stop him. I don't know if you remember all this, but uh, I thought I don't. that kind of reminded me. <laughs> I have to see. <laughs> that, you know what I should have done? I actually should have watched the show. You guys are so up on it. I should oh. have been a little bit more up on what 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 episode? Is, now, Vengeance was what? Can you tell me what the storyline is for that particular episode? Sure, absolutely. Vengeance is uh, the 22nd and final episode of the series. And yeah, yeah that is the one where you uh, confront Shao Kahn. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That I love one. that episode. Yeah, yeah, I love that episode. And also, again, is that it got really serious, and he, he was letting everybody know that this is you got to step up. Oh yeah, Raiden wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because it, it get it's so serious, you know, the, those set of scenes. But it was literally just the episode before Stolen Lies, <laughs> where Raiden's sitting down having <laughs> having a few beers with a blonde and. Going into yeah, Kung Lao's house, my bit, it's all vacated, and you're looking around. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually requested more of those scenes. Can I just be hanging out with a beautiful blonde on my lap for the rest of the show? <laughs> with a beer. With a real beer, too. That would be nice. And uh, I'd be happy, and I, I you know, that, that would be it. Let's just do that. How about if he, you know, the, the, in fact, I was thinking, why doesn't Raiden have more relationships that make him a little bit more vulnerable? That was something that I talked to the, the uh, you know, because everybody else in the show of the four main characters, they had issues. You know, they had their issues. Yeah. What yeah. was Raiden's issues? You know, other than Shao Kahn and... It was just trying to, you know, I, I was, I, I felt like, you know, I, I get a little tired of the paternal kind of quality of Raiden kind of busting everybody's chops for not being adult that, that's, enough. That's a brilliant you know thing I mean? you bring up, though, Jeff, because there's an episode, I think it was episode three, Cold Reality with Sub-Zero. I remember Kung Lao was extremely agitated and frustrated, and he's calling out your name, trying to get your attention, and he's like, yeah. You know, this is useless, more or less. And then he tries to walk away. Bam, you're right there in front of him. You're like, Kung Lao, I can't and always won't be there for you. My responsibility is for, to Earthrealm and beyond. So clearly, you that. had so many things on your agenda. It would have right. been great for the audience to yeah. really, you know, Absolutely. get into the details of that. And so fun yeah. to play. Very, very good. So that's a good example of it. That's an excellent. That's that's exactly the the example that I would use if I were to remember. <laughs> and so, yes. 
And so when I, I really, really was lobbying for, you know, maybe uh, there's a particular uh, earth creature that he was, you know, smitten with somebody that he had. Sure. Yeah. There's, there could he, be some potential had, for some great characters. There. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or that he gets in trouble. Why, you know, when does, you know, there's, it's hard to play a character that doesn't have many flaws. And so there was an arrogance yeah. about, you know, uh, Raiden that I found kind of after a while, it's, it gets a little bit annoying that oh, here comes the one that's all knowing. Right. And so I, <laughs> Yeah, I would like it maybe if the roles were reversed every once in a while where Raiden gets in a little bit of trouble and has to be talked to by maybe, you know... Pal well, there's the Elder Gods, there. too, who are the step above you. It would be cool there to see some go. discussion between you guys. There yeah. you go. Or maybe I'm not doing yeah. my job very well and I get in trouble somehow. <laughs> you know, there was all kinds no of No more blondes, Raiden. My... What is this? <laughs> I just like beer, man. I like I like chicks and I like beer. <laughs> Problem? I mean, you put me uh, here. Jeff, I, I also... <laughs> uh, I also want to ask you, you mentioned briefly before uh, that you spoke with Larry Kasanoff and that you were set to reprise both roles. We ha had an interview with uh, Adani Moropis as well. And apparently he said that he was set to return and he was going to be the main villain, uh, Quan Chi. Um, do you remember anything at all from that script that really stood out to you? Or is there anything you think you could reveal? I just thought Adani was so committed to his role in it. I was so excited to work with him because he was so good at committing to oh, that character. Yeah. Right? I just, uh, you know... It's when you're playing fantasy like this too. Sometimes we have a tendency, I think, is to kind of play at them rather than being them. And so, when a, a guest star would come on, it was almost as if it's it can be a little cartoony in terms of the approach of it, rather than finding ways to find the humanity within these, you know, really extraordinary characters. And I think this is one of the reasons that I love playing Raiden and, and Shao Kahn is I, try, I kept trying to find ways to humanize them a little bit so that there was, so, you know, some kind of identity that or a flaw in them that was um, accessible. And I think that Adani, even though with all that makeup and everything that he brought to it, I thought that his humanity through it and that there was this, this connection that he had and this commitment that he had to this character's stuff was we and we talked about it was that i was really i really liked him very much i didn't know him before the show and uh i just he he made me step up in a lot of ways you know it's just like wow he's he's bringing it and sometimes the guest stars were so bloody good that it kind of elevated the the whole set you know is that we're watching this guy's work and okay now he's he's stepped it up to another level you know Really Adani told us that his Adani told us that his favorite scenes were actually the scenes with you. Uh, and I'd likewise. Yeah. You know, likewise. If all my guest stars, I would say that, you know, he set the bar. You know. Wow. He really did. And yeah. I was just going, I you know, my God, guys, how do you act out of that outfit? You know, it's <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like there's so much going on there. How do you get and he brought humor to it. He brought 
it, it was yeah. I just thought there was so much humanity through all of the accoutrement of his makeup and his costume but he just embodied it and that's a oh, sign of 100%. a really superior actor too to be able to actually bring all of his soul work through so much going on and I, mm-hmm. I, I asked him when he when I saw him for the first time I said good luck acting out of that you know <laughs> and he went yeah there's a lot going on right and i said whew that's that's quite an outfit you got going on there and so uh but he he and i just really did hit it off i mean i i really enjoyed his uh work and again he's he's had a wonderful career creating these kinds of really dynamic characters he's a good actor yeah. you know Oh, definitely. He can do. He can. He can do a. Yeah, he's a real character actor too. You know, he can. Yep. He changes dialects, and you know, most of his characters are different in different shows that he's been in. Mm-hmm. I, I've just enjoyed his career too. He's just and, and just a lovely person, just a, a committed, lovely, wonderful, talented guy. Yeah, I enjoyed it did too. You, I'm, did I'm you? really. I'm really thank you so much, Toshi, for saying that because it meant that means a lot to me. Given how much respect I have for Adani, too, he's just a wonderful oh, you bet, character. Man. Yeah, and an excellent. Did you, did you happen actor. to read the script for the third movie that uh, was going to happen? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it was very was early on. It was many. It took many years yeah. for that thing to get off the ground, and so uh, that was at least what 10, 15 years ago. I mean, when oh, yeah. did we finish shooting? It was like 2000, right? When was did, it 2000? When, when was the... Well, it aired from 98 to 99. Right. So we were finished. I was out of there by, you know, the end of 99. That's yeah. 22 years ago. And so I think that it was probably at least 15 years between when I met for that movie before it got made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, you know, James Remar, was he the guy that played the Raiden in the uh, movies? In Annihilation. I'm not quite sure what their rationale for that, other than that James is is more of, he's got more of a movie following than I do. You know, that might have been something that they considered because it was out doing the movie instead of the television series. I'm not quite sure why that happened that way. Um... But I, you know, James is a wonderful actor. I, you know, I, I, he, he was. Did you ever see Forty Eight Hours? Him in Forty Eight Hours. Do you know the movie with uh, Nick Nolte and and Eddie Murphy? I just remember him from uh, Dexter. <laughs> yes, terrific in Dexter too. But James yeah. has been around for a long time. You know, he's a yeah. terrific actor, well respected, and also played a lot of um, uh, heavies you know he's a he plays a lot of bad guys he's an intense mm-hmm. guy he's really an intense wonderful actor yeah. and so um, I'm not sure what the rationale is that you know they had James playing uh, Raiden there's a different kind of quality that's for sure of uh, yeah. the character different approach um, but yeah, I would you know I would have liked to have uh, played. I don't I don't know how that went down though. Don't know. I don't understand the rationale of why one actor gets chosen over another. I don't. It's it's a hard thing to do. 
you know, and, but there's a lot of people that are involved in those kinds of decisions, you know, is that mm -hmm. oh, there might certainly. be, you know, it might be that they feel like, you know, somebody has a bigger following. There might be more people that'd be interested. They're trying to put mind, butts yeah, in the yeah, seats is what I'm getting at. Yeah. But speaking of, yeah, speaking of Annihilation, though, that was filmed, uh, that was released in 97, though. Yeah, and then you uh, went on to do Conquest in 98 anyway there. so Wasn't Brian Thompson, play, didn't he play Shao Kahn in that one? Yeah, we had him on the show as well, yeah. Yeah, you know, Brian Thompson and yeah. I went to college together. Yeah. Did he say that? You gut-punched him and sent him almost to the hospital. <laughs> Did he say that, too? No, he didn't That's mention true. that part, but I know it happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were, do you know, I'll tell you a little story about it is that we were doing uh, Coriolanus. We were doing a Shakespeare play, and it was at the university. And, he, you know, Brian's a little bit older than me, but not much. And he was playing one of the senators or something like that. And he was standing next to me in rehearsal, and he was giving me shit. He was talking shit. And finally, as, and I was playing Coriolanus. Now, Coriolanus, if you don't know Shakespeare, He's like one of the greatest warriors in the history of the Roman Empire. And so I was in character, and he was poking me. Now, Brian's not a small guy. Brian's no. big, and he's, he's really strong. He's a football player. He's, he's a tough guy. And I turned to him as Coriolanus, and I said, knock it off, or I'm going to lay you out. And he did. He kept doing it. And finally, I turned to him and I said, I, I promised you I would do this. And so that's when I took him out. We were on stage. We were on stage. We were in rehearsal on stage. And I, I just took one little left hand to the stomach. And I didn't know that Brian had had surgery to remove part of his intestines. <laughs> like a couple of years earlier, he had a blockage or something, and he had a real major okay. surgery, nearly killed him. And so I didn't know that I was hitting him right on the spot of where he had, I didn't know that he had been sick at all. And he went down like freaking sack of potatoes, man. And the, the whole rehearsal stopped. <laughs> and I'm standing over him, and I thought, wow, I didn't think I hit him that hard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I never got any shit from Brian from that moment on. <laughs> and so and we have been friends ever since. We go into golf tournaments together, and you know, I yeah, he's he's Brian's a great guy. But at that at that oh, yeah. point, he had just pushed me a little too far, and so yeah. <laughs> I, I it was wrong for me to hit him. But um, he kind of <laughs> asked for it. <laughs> you know, he kind of asked for it. And, uh, and and so that's what happened. So Brian and I go way back. In fact, I remember Brian, We I used to go to Universal Studios when he was doing the Conan tour. He, did you know he was one ah. of the actors in the live tour of Conan in, in Universal Studios? He got that job. Yeah, he, and from that, he played, you know, this sort uh, of evil Co wizard Cobra. guy. After yeah, that. he got Cobra, and he told me about his audition with you know Stallone, and he got that job. You know, that was his real first big break. But he's got a great oh, mug, yeah. doesn't he? 
and and the reason, he, you know, yeah. He, yeah, and the reason he looks like that is because uh, apparently, from what he told me, did he tell you why he looks like that? He didn't, but go ahead and say it. Well, he's, he's got some sort of, um, uh, I, I would call it genetic disorder, where he cannot maintain body fat on his upper body. Wow. Oh, yeah. And so he looks wow. sunken, and he looks this sort of skeletor <laughs> kind of, you know, but his whole body is so ripped. But he's not a real weightlifter. It's because his, he just can't hold on to body fat. Wow. And so he's got this genetic disorder, which is great for actors, and he looks ripped all the time because <laughs> he, can't, he can't gain uh, body fat in his upper body, and so including his face. And so he looks really wow. sort of, you know, intense because his, his cheekbones yeah. pop out and everything. Isn't that wild? But that, he told me I think that. I've got the opposite and, uh, problem. Know. I think it all moves up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have that. Yeah, I wish I had that disorder. Um, but he, he, yeah, that's why. And so Brian has got, you know, he's been, uh, you know, he's got this great mug, but he's also a well-trained actor. You know, I, UC Irvine's got a terrific program in terms of, you know, teaching people, you know, the, the profession. And he went through the entire program. And, I, and I've seen him. And, he, you know, he's a good singer, too. I don't know if you guys know this. Is that he's got this beautiful sort of really? baritone voice, too. Yeah, he can sing. Wow. Didn't and know that. in wow. fact, he was, in the, he was actually in the musical theater department at the university. And so, uh, yeah, that's how I knew him. We, 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 uh, did a play together and I hit him in the gut. <laughs> he almost put him in the hospital. Yeah, I, d I didn't mean to. I just wanted to send a message, but yeah. I didn't realize that he had been so vulnerable in his midsection. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this next question is a bit of a tradition, uh, but did you happen to see the new Mortal Kombat movie? And if you did what did you think and would you ever be interested in possibly reprising your role of course in some way i would in a love installment? it yeah i love it i love mortal kombat movies i'd love to be in them again um yeah absolutely i'd play any character in there but you know yeah 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 absolutely i just think they're great are you kidding how fun how fun right did you see the new one I haven't. Oh, no, I haven't seen okay. it yet. You got I it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. I've been really busy. I've been yeah. doing a lot of different other stuff. I haven't had a chance to see much of anything. Um, yeah. Writing. A, uh, I just shot a pilot that I wrote, and it's, oh. you know, I'm in the editing process right now, so I'm really busy with that. Um, I'm also uh, um, writing a screenplay. I'm a writer, and I've been commissioned to write a couple of screenplays, and so I've been writing intensely every day and so um that's been exciting and um mm -hmm. yeah so i haven't had a chance to see a lot of movies I've, so but i it's on my list it's absolutely on my list do you guys like the latest version yeah you know what it's it's got some mixed reception out there but uh personally i thought it was great uh the action uh was intense uh this time they made it like kind of gory more closer to the games uh yeah. you know they had to set a foundation so you know the story what's there it's it's not bad but i can tell that there's a lot of potential 
that something really special can happen here. And uh, I think uh, everybody working on the movie, you know, realized some of the errors that they made. And, you know, I have faith in the team that they're going to really go all out and make the next one even better. So definitely worth a, uh, a watch, though. Cool. Yeah. 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 I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah. I, I just think that they should bring the series back. Oh, I mean, it's, that would be it, a it dream. stands to reason you don't have to make major motion pictures with this stuff. You, we obviously did it right. Yes. Why not just reprieve the, the, the series? Why hasn't anybody was ever the done most- that? It was the most successful new IP, along with, I think, Pamela Anderson show, I believe. Yep. It was so well-received. But, uh, yep. I mean, as you know more of the Well, you weren't here, Tosi. We were to- Tosi, you weren't here when Chris and I were talking about the speculation of why it didn't get picked up. Was I heard from the grapevine, and I, from very reliable sources, that the reason it didn't get picked up is because they did not include the actor's residuals as part of the budget. Oh. Which came out to about three or four million dollars. Good lord, thereabouts. And so yeah. nobody wanted to pick up the check, so they decided just to can the show. And so they were in conflict as to who was to pay for that. So yeah, that sounds what reasonable to me because you're right. The 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 the, uh, the the stories and the you know the whole thing was working. I mean, the ratings were great. Yeah. I mean, there, there was no reason to not come back. It wasn't that it wasn't popular. And that you know, finale, so it's like, come that. on, clearly there's more. <laughs> yeah, is or something thereabouts. You know, why not do a series of it and see? It just makes sense to me. Yep. You know, I imagine it was fairly expensive to do. I, I was curious as, you know, I was thinking about this before we got online. Is that, well, I wonder what it cost for each episode. Do you guys have any idea what the budget was for the television no, show? No, that's a very good question, but uh, now I am most I curious. I it was a couple of million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I think it's a great franchise. I love the video mm-hmm. game. I think oh, yeah. it's just improved and it's gotten better. its I mean, it's an amazing group of people that have created this product. I mean, it's so entertaining. I mean, I think the... MMA stuff and all of the cage fighting came out of Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. The UFC doesn't exist without Mortal Kombat. And so it was already built in. And I just think Dana White just took it, made Mortal Kombat happen. Put it in an octagon and we're doing Mortal (laughs) Kombat live. And look how popular (laughs) the UFC is now, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, my God, it's just huge. Uh, so when we spoke to Bruce Locke, uh, he told us that you guys uh, were in the process of filming a parody video in which Shao Kahn, Kung Lao, and Shang Tsung were playing Go Fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you guys still having active discussions around putting this together? I know the fans would love to I see it, we, or has that yeah, been shelved for now? I think that's right. I think we were joking about doing some sort of you know parody kind of thing. You know, I, I think Paolo lives in New York, though. You know, Bruce and I hang out. You know, I'll go into L.A. and I live in San Diego now. And so I, when I go into L.A., I usually, you know, stop by and have a beer with with uh, Bruce or we go golf. I haven't golfed with him since the pandemic, but okay, um, I, he's a good golfer, too. 
by the way. Mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, I think any kind of, that would be fun. Is any kind of parody about it. We need Go to see fish. It. <laughs> we, <laughs> we need, we to, need see to see it. it. You got to talk, you got to email him, try to get this thing in the works. Well, I think you've got to have the rights to do that, don't you? I mean, I can't go in and start throwing on Raiden costumes and thinking that, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's somebody else owns that guy. It's not mine. I wish unless it was. Unless you, you do a really horrible version, like just put like a wok on your head or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Depends the wok on the head. On. Hey, you know, that was one of the things that I wanted more in the show is that I didn't get to wear the hat. Ah, the first episode. That was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I guess they just wanted to show off the wig. The wig changed too, which got better. But the first wig was I, just like, oh, God. I noticed. Then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we were trying to figure out ways to make him a little more stylish. And uh, <laughs> so we had to change the wig like three or four times, I think. Um, also, they get worn out. So we had to try yeah. them on and do kind of things, you know. And also, um, uh, it, it, I would love to get together and do a parody of what we were doing. That'd be fun. It'd be fun yeah. to do, you know, do a little bit of a, a send up on on that stuff. That would be good. I mm-hmm. like that a lot. Yeah. So before we head into our final uh, segment of the show, uh, it wouldn't be a proper Jeff make interview without a question regarding Raven. So tell us your favorite memory working on this great show. And uh, why don't you tell us how it was working with uh, Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa? Oh, Tagawa. What an awesome dude, man. Yeah. Shang awesome. Sung I, from the movie. Oh, <laughs> so good. And also, we, we, you know, Carrie and I, we, we just again a really good actor and so we had a lot of fun kicking it around together he's a sensational guy and also the pilot was a lot of fun it was very exciting too to get a job in hawaii too i had been doing a series in paris um for cbs it was a late night um they were trying to do a, a joint french american production they were trying to raise money from europe and the French wanted to, you know, know about American television and how to make it. And so we put this show together called The Exile. And I was in Paris and I was freezing my ass off. I mean, it was like, you know, I was out on the street in street clothes. And uh, it was like the worst winter since Napoleon. And I was out in the street all the time. And so I froze. And so me getting the job in Hawaii was like I died and gone to heaven. And so, and then I get to work with Carrie and a lot of these just wonderful actors. Also, it was um, Clyde. Uh, he was actually the president of Screen Actors Guild for a while. Clyde, um, forgetting his last name. Uh, lovely guy. I've got these wonderful actors and, and that pilot. And plus, I got a chance to work with Lee Majors and, you know, and some of the <laughs> co stars were. <laughs> Yeah, he was a piece of work, that guy. And so <laughs> I love we, uh, yeah. And so uh, yeah, I loved working with Carrie. Uh, again, a really wonderful martial artist. He didn't get a chance to actually really show off his martial arts so much in Raven. Yeah, um, but that was uh, just marvelous fun. I mean, I mean, really great. And also, I got a chance to really work with some great martial artists. My most trained by Billy Blanks for like a year. And Billy mm. Blanks, in my opinion, is one of the baddest dudes on the planet. 
Yeah. He was a like six, seven time world champion in full contact karate. I mean, that wow. guy's a badass. And so I was in the gym <laughs> with him every day for at least six months. And I would fight with him. I'd have full padding on. He was wearing a baseball cap. It took me six weeks to touch the baseball cap. Wow. <laughs> and he was beating the shit out of me. And so, and then I worked with Jeff Imada, one of the greatest stunt coordinators and, and martial artists in the business. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I worked with uh, Howard Johnson, great champion. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I even trained with Benny the Jet Yurkides, who's one of the greatest oh. kickboxers oh, in the world. Yeah. I trained with him because I was going to do a movie with Andrew Dice Clay called uh, Ford Failing. And okay. uh, I got cast in that. I got cast in that, and then I trained for six months with Benny the Jet. So I was really a, you know, I got in the ring, and he beat the hell out of me, and and I got good at what I was doing before I got the Raven gig. I was doing a yeah. lot of martial arts in Europe, and and I, you know, I trained for many many years a, as an actor and as an athlete, uh, so that when I did Raven, it was kind of just a natural fit. And then yeah. I just worked on, you know, weapons stuff with Jeff Imada. And I, you know, I just really, you know, I felt like I knew what I was talking about. I was also trained with the Katana with a guy named the Reverend Kensho Furuya, who was Incredible. probably, he was a, a grandmaster guy that was in Los Angeles that taught me about the Katana and the, the, the Japanese approach to it. And so I had real traditional training in the Katana. Yeah. Um, with this amazing grandmaster, and he was a scholar. That guy was amazing. He knew he he. Had, I think he got his master's degree or his doctorate in uh, Japanese history from Harvard. Okay. He was really cool, and he was wow. a, like a Buddhist monk, and he lived in this mm. dojo <laughs> in L.A. Uh, and and had uh, this. He showed me all these great Chinese films and martial arts films that I didn't I didn't have any access to. So. Yeah. Doing Ra doing uh, Raven was spectacular. Some of the highlights of that is that I got to do a lot of my own choreography. Yeah, I had a lot of input with text. Um, the trouble with doing Raven is that it was a single lead show with Lee, and so I was in almost every shot. So it was yeah. exhausting. Yeah. And so doing three fight sequences a week was in terribly it was really really physically challenging because mm -hmm. you're shooting eight hours on a f one fight sequence and so you got to stay warm and then you got to fight and then you cool down and you got to stay warm again so as an athlete it was incredibly challenging physically yeah and getting hurt getting whacked getting blown up getting shot it, it was easy to get hurt on that show yeah. and i was wounded a lot on that show and wow. so um, it was like being a, you know, I felt like I was a professional athlete in a full contact sport. That's yeah. what it felt like to me. Literally. And so I loved it. Had a great time. Mm -hmm. I was living in Hawaii. I mean, and great show doing that show. And I just thought that the show, you know, the production of the show was, was a lot of fun. And mm -hmm. yeah, I really in, enjoyed that. So I have very, very fond memories of, of Raven and really? also just living I just love that community. I mean, Hawaii is like my second home, and <laughs> I loved it. Okay, so now, Jeffrey, we're going to jump to the final round. So what we're going to do uh, with this final round is uh, we're going to ask you uh, about eight quick questions, sort of rapid-fire okay, questions, and then right, uh, get to know you a little more. So, Is it like the, the first thing that pops into my head, or do you want me to really think about it? <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, this is an easy one. What is your favorite food? Right. My favorite food? I think uh, mainly anything that my wife cooks. I like pasta. You know, oh, I like yes. I like I like good a good Italian food. I also love great Mexican food. Oh, yeah. oh definitely. My yeah. two favorite cuisines. And also, yeah. probably, if I was going to have a last food, I'd probably <laughs> order a filet mignon and some Ooh, really great, nice. you know, baked potato and some, you know, I, I'm kind of traditional Beautiful. that way. Beautiful. I also like sushi, too. You know, I, I, I don't know. I like a lot of different things. But I think <laughs> if I had my, my druthers, it'd probably be some steak somewhere, a really juicy steak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What are some of your secret talents, Jeff? Hmm. I don't know if it's a secret, but you know, I also sang in bands, and you know, I'm oh really? Of, I'm kind of a rock and roll freak. Yeah, so I, I played with John Densmore and uh, Robbie Krieger, and I, I did the Doors musical. I actually played Jim Morrison in the Doors musical, and wow, sang nice. eighteen Doors tunes in this musical. And the band was the Doors. And so that was huge. And so yeah. I, I met Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger. And, and a band that I played with in, when I was in my 20s was actually, I was trying to get this show off the ground. And, and uh, the John Densmore of The Doors and Robbie Krieger were kind of, you know, involved in that. Um, and then I, I played with, you know, uh, Jaco Pastorius in New York when I was in my early 20s. Jaco Pastorius considered one of the great bass players of all time. And wow. uh, Kenny Kirkland and a couple, number of really great musicians, uh, studio musicians in New York. I've done over 50 musicals. And so mm. it's, you know, part of me is also I'm a musician. I write music. Um, I play a little guitar. You know, I play the drums a little bit. Um, and so it's kind of a passion of mine that I don't think a lot of people know is, um, is that. Also, I love, uh, I'm, uh, I love sports. I'm, I'm kind of an yeah. athlete. And uh, I played football, basketball, and baseball in high school and some in college. And so uh, I love golf, tennis. I could play tennis. Really? So what other passions of mine that you probably don't know? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. Oh, very you good. Know? I like the garden. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I have a garden. It's like a... And so I've, I've been building this garden. And I wow. Love doing that too. Give, a, give us yeah. your best impression. Best impression? Can you do any impressions? Let's see. Yeah, man. You know, Sammy here. And then, you know, I was just saying, really nice guy you are. Um, I mean, it's pretty bad, but. Um, the, uh, let's see who else. I don't really do many impressions. Really. I did. No. I had, you know, I think I had Paolo down a little bit when we were oh. doing, uh, doing the show, but I can't remember what I was doing with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't do many impressions. What, what was your strangest fan encounter? Oh, ever. ever. Or just with mortal Kombat. No, just ever. Uh, I well, one time I got it. Uh, somebody sent me their dead pet newt in the mail. What? A newt. Do you know what a newt is? Like a salamander. I know. Yeah, a salamander. 
What? Say, I love my pet. Here's my pet. A little crazy. Oh. Also, okay. I was at a uh, one time when I was very early on in my career, I was doing a soap in New York. And we would go to these public appearances in different malls around the country. And one time in, I think it was Cleveland, we were at a mall and we got rushed by the mob. And so I had to run through the mall and they ripped my shirt off. And so I was the running hell? half naked in a mall away from about 250 screaming women, which is not <laughs> pleasant. It's terrifying. <laughs> Oh my to God. Be, being drawn and quartered by 250 <laughs> crazy women was a Shouldn't little bit scary. I have nightmares about it. <laughs> and uh, so we had to go into like a, we had security had us like, you know, had to escape out of the mall because they rushed the stage. It was bizarre. So that was really weird with the fan. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, it's it, it's it's uh, most of my fan encounters have been great. I just I love my fans, love it. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Tell the truth. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, and it's the same uh, thing with any acting. You know, it's the the challenge of acting, in my opinion, is that you just don't want to get caught acting. And so how do you do that? Well, I think through the character, you have to figure out what's truthful and what's honest, what's, mm -hmm. what's happening. Even if the character's lying, there's some sort of sense of truth about it. You know, and how do, how do you get to that? Is that I think that you as an artist have to find ways to tell the truth from your own experience mm -hmm. and through the character. And so you're using the filtering system of the character, which would be the obstacles physically and emotionally and mentally. But it's really you. You know, when you're playing Raiden, you're Raiden. When you're playing Shao Kahn, you're Shao Kahn. So what is the truth of how you feel given oh. this situation is, I think, the key to really great work well in said. any art form. Dancing, singing, yeah, painting, sure. anything. Yeah. It's really about whether or not there's some sense of, you know, real honesty in it. Yeah, uh, what was your very question. first job? My first job as an actor? Just the or just first my job first job? I was working, uh, I guess it would be a paper boy, you know, because I <laughs> threw papers when I was a kid. But I think my first real, like, legitimate business where I wasn't, you know, I was working as a waiter in a, a Cantonese smorgasbord where there's no oh. tips. I was just oh. cleaning and moving food in and out and you know because nobody wants to tip at a smorgasbord so it was really i was like getting minimum wage and you know but i got free you know chinese cantonese food which was nice but it was a really crappy job <laughs> <laughs> um the penultimate question what is your guilty pleasure um I would say my guilty pleasure. I, I would say that I like to spend time with my, my wife just watching movies and enjoying yeah. that simpleness of, I, I'm not really guilty about that. Um, hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't really feel guilty about it. I really like that. I would say the other, the uh, the guilty pleasure would probably be that I, you know, maybe I, huh, that's an interesting question. I don't know. (laughs) What's what's yours, Chris? (laughs) Interviewing people. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to be guilty about that. (laughs) (laughs) You're not awkward either. Toshi, what's yours? Jeez, my guilty pleasure. Um, Mortal Kombat, right? Sure, Mortal Kombat. Like literally, like it's my. It's in well, my is blood. that a guilty play? I mean, guilty sort of implies that you should be kind yeah. of feeling guilty about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, what? Maybe guilt? I don't know. I don't. I maybe guilty pleasure. I'll go with chocolate. Then. Oh, maybe it's you know yeah. I like ice cream or something. <laughs> I like to eat ice cream. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Yeah. That that works. And I probably shouldn't eat too much ice cream. <laughs> well, if you love it, I don't know if it's guilty. You know, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting question, though. What's your guilty pleasure? Yeah. A uh, murder? I like murdering people. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you know what? That's a guilty. What's going Whoops, on? Did I say too much? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think uh, maybe I love playing golf. Maybe that's I spend yeah. too much time doing that. Instead of doing what I should be doing, there we go. I don't know, and man. I don't. I don't really feel guilty about a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of, <laughs> you know, because that implies sort of a moral thing, doesn't it? You know, so do you have any sort of sense of morality about doing something wrong? You know, I don't really have a feeling about that, huh? <laughs> Maybe I like man. to drive too fast. <laughs> that's, 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 I don't know, man. That's a really interesting <laughs> question. I, I've never had that question. You know what I mean? I, I you know, is it yeah. maybe I don't know, jerking off too much? <laughs> I, I was waiting for <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't know, Wrong man. I, oh, I don't know. Wait, <laughs> maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how about for the final question, Chris? Final yeah. question. Um, what is the funniest thing that has ever happened to you? Oh, oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Funniest thing that's ever happened to me. Huh. Wow. Whew. That's a tough one. There's a lot of funny stuff. Um... I would say that probably getting uh, where I was actually is what I thought was really hilarious and uh, is maybe getting a job that I didn't expect. That's a bad answer. That's a bad (laughs) answer. Maybe funniest thing that ever happened to me. It was like, is that implying like when, where would I felt like I was just absolutely being ridiculous? Yeah. You were just laughing your ass off, hard to breathe. You'll never forget it for the rest of your life. Well, I I love comedians. I mean, but happened to me. Yeah. Well, I was on stage one time and there was a, a situation where 
an actor that I was playing with. I was doing a comedy, and one of the actors that was playing it, she was wearing high heels, and it was on opening night. And an actor previously to that had spilled a bunch of water on the stage. Mm. And so they, uh, uh, she slipped and fell, boom, on her butt. Mm. She wasn't hurt or anything, but it was the entire audience gasped. And then she wow. got up again and she did part of the scene and then she walked across the stage again, hit the water, bang, oh. right on her butt. <laughs> and then so everybody's like, oh, God, you know. And, and then uh, about the third time she fell again and now she's like broke a heel and now she's like crawling off the stage and I'm left on the stage and I was playing this guy, ironically enough, he was, I was wearing a bald skull, skull cap oh. of the character and his name was Otto von Bruno. And everybody in the house didn't know what was going to happen. And I said to her, I improvised the line. I said, you know, do what you're going to do and, and get those shoes fixed. And as soon as I said, get, get those shoes fixed, the, play, the place kind of fell apart for about a couple of minutes. But, uh, yeah, that was, pretty, that was pretty funny. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, yeah. So funny to me something that ha happened there what, what happened to, to me a couple of times i th i think the f god dang it that's a tough question yeah. that's really a tough question what's the funny well, you were putting the funny situation so I, I think that's a pretty amazing story yeah uh, another one was uh i guess let's see if i can have a, a mortal combat one. Oh, okay any that'd be great any practical joking going on there because Bruce told us many. They used to screw with him. <laughs> <laughs> what, in Mortal Kombat? Yeah, he was uh, making out with the Jola character, and then he was going on for way too long, and then he broke character, looked, everyone was gone. Nobody behind the camera. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's funny. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I just say, you know, a couple of times in, in, in different um, films. I, you know, I'll tell you a story about I was doing a film with, um, with uh, uh, Kurt Russell. And we were doing oh. a film, and it was called Winter People. And, and I was playing this mountain guy, and we were having a fight in a frozen river. And so we were mm -hmm. in Banner Elk, North Carolina. We were actually in the river for like three nights. And so I was sick. Wow. I'd been dunked in this ice water for a long time. And it's very painful. I don't know if you guys have ever like dunked yourself in ice water. It's not fun. Yeah. And so the third night there were the, the, the ice on the river had gotten so thick that we couldn't get in it. And so they were setting up the shot and he said, you know, the director said, you know, we're getting in the water tonight. And I went, you've got to be kidding. How are you going to break the ice? He said, we're going to drive a truck over it, and then we're going to stick some <laughs> electrodes in it from the generators and try to melt the ice. And we're going to. And I was freaking out. It was like 12 below zero. And so I went to Kurt's trailer, and I got, I got Kurt, and I said, hey, do you know we're going? <laughs> he was in his pajamas in his trailer. <laughs> and he said, you, do, you know we're going down and getting in the river tonight. And he said, you, you're joking. The stunt guys left. And I said, no, no, they're setting it up right now. And so he put on a parka and some boots, and he walked down to the set with me, and we saw the director and the producer underneath this tree kind of conferring on how they were going to do this whole shot. They were setting up the lighting and everything. And Kurt asked him, he said, you know, did you, uh, you really want us to get in the water tonight? And they said, yeah. 
And he said, you know, I got the balls to get in that water. And Jeff's got the balls to get in that water. But I would never have the balls to ask someone else to do it. <laughs> and he turned around and walked away. And I thought that that was, that was really That's cool. Awesome. And so they didn't break the ice. They couldn't break the ice. So we ended up shooting the last part of that sequence of the film in Malibu, California, at Malibu Creek. And we just oh. snowed it all in. You couldn't tell the difference at all anyway. Okay. It was crazy. Wow. It was crazy. Well, yeah, thank you so. so much for sharing that, Jeff. That's amazing. Sure. Um, <laughs> so before before we end off, uh, where can people find you? Do you have any social media platforms? And uh, lastly, well, if there's any project you're working on right now, if you want to let people know. Yeah, I'm working on a couple of things. Thank you very much for asking. I'm working on this film that I'm writing, and I'm also working on a pilot that I'm, I directed and I'm in. It's uh, about the San Diego Police Department and the Mexican cartel, and there's Ooh. all kinds of different moving parts to that. A lot of action in it. And Sweet. I shot it in July, and now I'm in the editing process. So hopefully okay. that is going to be something that I can get out there. And um, the uh, other thing that I'm working on is uh, a script that is an action script that I'm, I'm trying to get uh, produced. And I have this other military movie that I wrote. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I'm very busy this way. I'm also teaching a lot. I teach at the LA Film School. That's um, right. I teach uh, acting for and how, you know, talking to uh, actors from the director's point of view. And I've been working with them for the last three years or so. And also I, I teach privately too. Um, mm. So you can go on my website, which is jeffreymeek.net. And okay. you can see how, if anybody wants to work, and I work on Zoom. I've been doing that for years, even before the pandemic. I was teaching, you know, actors all over the world how to approach the business and how to approach, you know, acting. So I do that as a... It's kind of a, a hobby of me trying to give back a little bit too. Um, mm -hmm. And I have some other philanthropic stuff that I'm doing, but that, that for the most part takes my time with the writing and the directing and the acting. I, I'm pretty busy. So I even yeah. do some plays and stuff, but you know, the theater's been closed down for the last couple of years. So I haven't been able to do that much, but it's coming back hopefully. And um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm even thinking about starting a, you know, a podcast and, and uh, Ooh. You know, but I haven't, I haven't put it together yet, but I thought okay. it'd be fun to talk nice. show business and yeah, and uh, you know have some of my old friends like Bruce and Brian and talk <laughs> shit to each other, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that would be fun, and uh, yeah. So that's it. If you go to JeffreyMeek.net, anybody can you know find out what's going on with me and you know some of the projects that I'm working on. That's 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 available. Um, I don't have any other real social media platforms that, okay. you know i don't i'm not on twitter and sure you know even uh, facebook I, I rarely am on there yeah but um yeah i'm staying busy mm -hmm. staying really busy well that's brilliant all right well thank you so much for your time today jeffrey it's been My an absolute pleasure. honor and um yeah i wish you all the best and i'm excited to see those projects you mentioned yeah, thanks a lot, Toasty. I appreciate it. Christopher, a pleasure meeting you, too. You, too. I hope to see you guys soon, and good luck yeah. with everything. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Cheers. And there you have it, my people. We have 
Let Thunder Take Us and received a glimpse of what it was like behind the scenes of Conquest. We once again appreciate you tuning in. Me and Christopher truly hope you all um, are doing well. And uh, we're excited to provide our next episode in just a few weeks' time. You know how it is. Have fun, stay safe, and stay flawless.